The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. The Robert Scott Bell Show continues now from the We the Patriots National Conference. We the Patriots USA.org. Brian Festa is here with me and uh, we we connected. He was on the sh- on the show a while back and uh, put this thing together and actually was crazy enough to invite me to show up. And I did. And it's been amazing. Amazing. The people that I've connected with a lot of old friends that are in this uh, for all the right reasons for many years and met many new people. Brian, to your credit, you've brought some extraordinary people together here and the audience showed up. Yes. Even on a Friday, Robert. Yep. Thanks for having me again. You know, Fridays, you're, you're always a little bit, you know, uh, wary of are people going to show, take the day off from work just for me? You know, they're going to use one of their vacation days or something like that. But they did. They showed up in droves today and we we're expecting even a bigger crowd tomorrow. Well, and now, of course, when this airs, it'll be yesterday. It'll be yesterday. I know. <laughs> I know. Zoning. I'm sorry. But hey, we have to be honest about it. But yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's Friday now, but it'll be Monday. It'll be Sunday when you see yeah. this. Yeah. But the but the reality is that's the most difficult thing of all the things and it's a lot of a lot of hard work to put these events on brian and you know that from doing this getting people in the seats one of the biggest challenges how do you do it and i know a lot of people wait till the last minute they're not sure if they can come but i you know i was in there just on the friday session i'm like going dude they turned out a lot yeah. of local people and a lot of people came from far far afield oh yeah uh, to this so you're drawing them in for all the right reasons yeah well i mean when you have uh, names like, uh, you know, obviously this weekend we've got Dr. Peter McCullough. We've got, you know, our own sitting here, your own Robert Scott Bell speaking uh, as well tomorrow. We've had uh, Connor Boyack, author of the Tuttle Twins, speak yep. earlier. We've got uh, Steve Dace uh, speaking, and he was at the author book signing earlier. Yeah, and, and we've got to see his Nefarious film, which I've been wanting to Tonight. see. And you guys are amazing that you got that organized so we could watch it. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, actually, he signed a copy of the a Nefarious Plot for me today. So nice. I was happy about that. Yeah. And um, I'm going to uh, see the movie. So, yeah, it's it's. I encourage everybody to see it. So um, it's been just an amazing event. I can't – I always, you know – leave people out if I'm going to, you know, this is our program book. We have our, see, if you come here, if you came here, you would get this official program book to, to take with you. And it has all the author bios in it and uh, just an amazing lineup of speakers. And we were so blessed that, uh, we were able to get all of them to come together for this event in Boise. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of events like this out here out west. You know, we had a lot of people say that. Well, thank you mm-hmm. so much for putting on this event because usually out in this area of the country, we don't get events like this. We right. might get one person that comes and speaks, but we don't get an a all-star lineup like, this. like yeah. this. You know, this has been amazing, and you did put together an incredible lineup. And you know, many of my friends in the natural health field, medical and integrative people that are here. But beyond that. Um, that patriotic uh, intent. And and what does that mean? Because, you know, I, I mentioned some people are programmed to re- recoil with the word patriot now. Right. And what does it mean as opposed to what people uh, have been wrongly perceiving it to mean? Well, I mean, we, <laughs> we've we had people suggest to us, even marketing people, we've yeah. consulted with people, how do we grow this business? You know, mm-hmm. in the early years, we were in our, into, going into our third year now. And we had uh, we, we've consulted with different uh, business people who said, you know, you, you should change that name. 
you know, Patriot, that's like kryptonite now. People won't want to donate to you. They won't want to support you. They're afraid of being put on a list. And I'm like, listen, brother, you're on a list. <laughs> okay. If you voted for Trump, okay, if you uh, have ever watched any of these medical freedom conferences, if you've ever, uh, you know, you, you go on to, uh, you know, Rumble and you're watching people like Dr. Peter McCullough or you're watching people like Sherry Tenpenny or Robert mm. F. Kennedy or Robert Scott Bell even. You're doing that. Listen, you're already on the list, brother. Dude, if you're not you're, on the list, you're not doing it right. right. You're, right. you're, something you you're not going to gonna escape something yeah. by not donating. Oh, I don't donate. So so that's your that's your play. I'm going to try to escape the government mm. uh, by not fighting the government. So what, which is exactly what they want you to do. You're playing right into their hands, people. Yeah. They don't want you supporting organizations like ours. They want you to be scared away by our name because they don't want us to win. Right. Um, I put up a meme during my talk. I don't know if you saw my talk this morning. I only spoke for probably 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, you were you were letting loose. You were passionate. <laughs> I always let loose. I actually held back a little bit this morning. But uh, I put a meme up during my mm, talk. I saw and, that. And, and it said, you know, it showed the picture of a little girl, a child, and it said, uh, in in actuality, they're not after you. They're after me. You're Which just the you, child. You're just yeah. in the way. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's what we want to be. We want to be in the, the ones way. in the way, standing in the gap, in the way. So when you support we the patriotsusa.org and you make a donation, you sign up to be a monthly donor, you are standing in the way between the evil tyrants the satanic leftist agenda being inflicted on our children mm-hmm. and our children. Okay. Yeah. That you're standing in between them and you're helping us stand in between them. Yeah. And, and we think about the word fight and I've talked about this in, in terms of warfare and, and pugilistic kind of things. We have to be capable of defending ourselves. That's true throughout the history of humanity. There's just because we have an internet now, Oh, now you don't have to be prepared to defend yourself. No, more than ever. And especially with the exposure of children who are not, uh, let's say, haven't developed the critical thinking skills yet to kind of discern often full on right and wrong, other things like that, that we have to defend as parents, as grandparents, whatever, uh, those children from those who would want to take them from us and program them against us. And um, whether you uh, believe government is a benign force for good, which I think is somewhat naive as our founding fathers had, had uh, laid out for their posterity, that would be us, or whether you recognize maybe it's a necessary evil, the idea is minimizing the damage that it can cause as it claims control and ownership over you and your children and everybody it can. And right. this is the power-hungry nature of man, let's say, divorced from God. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's what Michael Avoris was. He was one of our speakers. He was talking about that, about, uh, you know, this is a a breakdown of uh, morality and a, a, a uh, there's been a divorce from the natural law. The natural law comes from God. I mean, he's Catholic. He talks about the, uh, you know, Catholic teaching, but he says, listen, Catholic Church didn't invent this. Mm. God invented this. All right. It's the natural law. Yeah. All right. And that's what we're doing. We're fighting when we're fighting these. We're trying to fight the natural law. It's never going to end well. When you fight nature, it's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, and he gave the example of the laws of gravity. You try to fight those. It's not you're not going to win. OK, yeah. nature is not very forgiving. OK, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do now. We're trying to tell boy, little boys that they can be girls and little girls. They can be boys. We're trying to give them hormone therapy and surgeries when they're five, six, seven years old. Come on. What kind of world are we living in? If my I think about my grandparents, my parents, and they can't believe it either, but I think about my grandparents. Parents, mm-hmm. If they were alive to see this, because they're all gone now, of course, if they if they saw this world, 
and what it's become. I mean, they couldn't have imagined in their wildest dreams that this mm. would be accepted in the mainstream. Oh, you always knew you had some people that like to, you know, go in a nightclub, dress in different clothes and whatever. You know, that they understood that. That's sure. that's that's was in yeah. the shadows, yeah. right? But to have that be mainstream in public schools and you must do this and you must use pronouns and you must teach this to kids. I talked about during my my talk on stage this morning, I talked about how um, you know, we had a teacher reach out to a kindergarten teacher that said she was going to be disciplined or fired possibly because mm -hmm. she would not refer to a little boy in her class, a five-year-old as a girl. And the parents wow. were pushing it and saying, you have to refer to her as a girl. She said, I'm not doing that. I'm, a, it's, I'm a Catholic. It's against my, my religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. But we're fighting back against that. We're fighting back, as you know, uh, on the medical freedom front for mm -hmm. people, uh, you know, who have been disciplined, fired, uh, lost benefits, whatever, due yeah. to vaccine mandates. Uh, people who are still being harmed by vaccines, people um, who are fighting for religious freedom, people who are fighting for their Second Amendment rights. Even we have a lawsuit we're about to announce on that environmental safety. We have the uh, lawsuit against the U.S. EPA in the state of Ohio over the East Palestine uh, Norfolk Southern train derailment. Yeah. We have that one. If you have a chance to, to talk to Kristen Megan uh, or Tammy Clark, there are expert witnesses. And if, if they get a chance to stop by, they would be great to talk to about that because they are the environmental safety experts yeah. that are going to be serving as expert witnesses in that case. So you can find out all of this information on our website by going to wethepatriotsusa.org. And like mm -hmm. I say, prayerfully consider a donation. And, um, you know, we just so grateful for all the support and all the people that came out for this conference. This was just an, an amazing event. And we're so happy that you were able to be a part of it. You know, I'm just laughing because you know how many events are happening this weekend? And, yes. And, you know, I, if I could be at all of them, because they're all great events, but uh, this one is, is very significant and I appreciate what you're doing here. It's, it's really brought together a focus and, uh, um, I would say there, there's something about, you've got many patriotic people from various backgrounds, the law, you know, legal and politics and stuff. And we got our health focus thing and how it's coming together now so seamlessly and people are seeing the intricacies and interconnectedness of it all that's strengthening us. Because yes. we, we're for too long, we're divided, we're conquered, you know, we're yes. isolated. And it's like, oh, that doesn't apply here. That principle you believe in, oh, not here, not here. Now we come together and we go, oh, it's there. Oh, I see it there. I see it there. And like suddenly you realize, yes, those foundational principles apply everywhere. Yes, absolutely. That's what I see happening Ab here. Absolutely. Well, that was our thinking and bringing together these speakers because mm -hmm. it's like, we don't want this just to be strictly medical freedom. We love our medical freedom mm -hmm. people. Okay. We've been yeah. doing this as you have. We've been in that space for quite a while. We love that crowd, but there's more. Okay. We've got religious freedom folks. We've got scientists. We've got doctors, but we've also got lawyers. We've mm -hmm. got authors. We've got a pro-life activist, Abby Johnson. There. I mean, a, a senior, former senior Trump uh, advisor, uh, Jenna Ellis. We've got Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. So this is just uh, Rebecca Friedrichs, who's an education activist and fights against teachers unions and the corruption in schools and the trans gender ideology. I mean, all these different people from all different. I even mentioned Michael Voris, uh, who's across the room in the media room. He's mm -hmm. a, a Catholic uh, media person. So just people that don't generally get together. Yeah. You don't generally see them all in one room together. And it's just it's just amazing to see how they all interact and connect. You know? Brian, do you, do you ever like look at what you, you've created here? And I, and I know that there's still a lot of work to be done. We're not saying it's over. It's never over. But do you ever feel like Oh man, am, am I punching above my weight class? Because you're you're doing amazing things. Going, how is Think this that happening? All the time, yeah, Robert. yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> all the time. So I I don't. I'm listen. I am not. 
one of these people, these great people. I don't consider myself on that level at all, but I'm just happy to be along for the ride. I'm happy. I'm extremely grateful to God that he's allowed me to be a part of this and to uh, run this organization with my amazing business partner who you interviewed and in your uh, Friday show. I think yep. it was Don Jolly. Yes, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, uh, she's she's awesome. I'm so blessed to be able to partner with her and work with her and call her a very dear friend. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, I never imagined my life would turn out this way. Honestly, yeah. I, I remember I, I, Dr. James Lyons Weiler, who I think you had on Friday. Yeah, Jack was on. Uh, as well. I, I picked him up from the airport once for an event we did in Connecticut. And yeah. He said, I said, so how's everything going? And I was, we were just talking, catching up. And he said to me, well, you know, I just never imagined my life would be this interesting. And I never <laughs> forgot that because um, as things have unfolded for me, yes. I keep, that keeps repeating in my mm-hmm. head that I never imagined my life would be this interesting either. Wow. Yeah, dude, the, the, what you're doing, like I said, I'm so impressed. Uh, I'm glad we've connected and, and uh, just admire, imagine, you know, the, the work you're going through. You know, we could look at each other and go, wow, how do you do that? And I do that a lot with my friends in this arena. You know, we look at Peter McCullough and go, wow, how do you do that? But each of us has talents and skills and gifts, and we're all connected to the divine. If we acknowledge it and practice it, we can achieve what I said, punching well beyond our weight class because with God, all things are possible. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. And without them, all the bad things are inevitable. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big part of bringing that back in. And, and I love again, that there is a plurality of beliefs out there. This is not about one over another. We recognize and acknowledge we're each created as individuals by God. And we have different experiences. We see things uniquely. And as I point out so many times, you could be in the same church with a hundred other people. And if you start drilling down on beliefs, you're going to find, well, you believe that I don't believe that you're in the same right. church. So there's, that's how it's designed. But yep. the freedom aspect is what, when you violate that agency, that freedom, that's that sacred, you know, it's like taking a life right next to that is taking people's ability to make a choice yep. or convincing them they don't have a choice. I mean, that's the great deception of, uh, you know, I would call a satanic agenda. Yeah, but they flipped it, right? So the satanic left actually flipped it and said choice comes first, then life. Mm-hmm. So we, our ability to make our choice is more important than life. It's life is first. And, 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 and right next to it is that agency, that choice. Correct. And, and yet the irony, of course, of those people that say we should have choice first, anybody that wanted to choose not to get a jab, not to get an injection, not to wear a mask, not to do. Di- oh, no, no, that choice is not the, you know, we can't let you have that choice. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's what we were fighting is, uh, you know, in, in fighting it in the courts, we're looking at the arguments. And you, they tried to talk out of both sides of the mouth and mm-hmm. say, my body, my choice. But yet not when it comes to, to vaccinations, like you said, or COVID shot, which, right. of course, isn't even a vaccine, as you know. But, yeah. um, you know, we can make our own medical decisions, but only if it's the kind of medical decisions that the FDA, the CDC and the AMA mm-hmm. uh, and the AAP yeah. and all of the other alphabet uh, soup agencies and organizations approve of. Do you remember that, that the old communist joke? You can have any East Germany, whatever. You can have any color car you want as long as it's black. I mean, exactly. the, the whole thing about, oh, it's still a choice. No. <laughs> and and Dr. Batar's final message to us with his experience God before he passed his way was was agency. It was about choice. It was about freedom to choose and taking that back. And the point is, when you're given a choice of get the shot or you lose your job, it's not a choice. No. It's been t- it's been stolen in that case. That's a fundamental violation of a freedom that God granted us. And that's why it's an affront. Uh, to our existence, and we must stand up in defense of that freedom to choose. In in addition to the freedom to, you know, here you are alive, defending life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we exist for. This this organization, We the Patriots USA. Again, you can check us out on WeThePatriotsUSA.org. We exist to provide people with uh, that um, 
that choice to make informed uh, cons- informed decisions, to have informed consent, that choice to decide what they're going to put in their children's body, that choice to decide, um, you know, what they're going to eat even, or, mm. you know, where they're going to live or their liberty or where they're going to travel, you know, all yeah. these things that were restricted the last three years, uh, people should never have to choose between their liberty um, and their religion and their God yeah. um, or their health and their God. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th- th- these are horrible, impossible choices. And you had people like HR managers suddenly becoming, uh, you know, the the all knowing, you know, czars of of health and religion. And they were Unreal. making final decisions. I mean, that never should have happened. We're going to make sure with the cases we still have unfolded that it never happens again. And that's an important point I want to make, Robert, is that this is not over. This is no. far from over. It, people say, well, well, that happened. You know, COVID's over. The emergency's even been declared over. There's no more shop mandates. Well, guess what? I still have people calling me saying that they're being threatened or they have been terminated because of a shop mandate. I still have mm-hmm. hospitals in this country and doctor's offices that are making people wear masks. Uh, we still have cases unfolding in court that mm-hmm. haven't reached their final conclusion yet. And we can't just drop those cases. You guys are saying, well, why are you still fighting cases? COVID's over. Well, no, the cases were filed. Litigation on average mm-hmm. takes between um, to get all the way through trial. And especially if there are appeals, mm-hmm. you're talking three to five years. Amazing to, to, to get litigation completed. And if you don't get a final decision in your favor, then it all resets. It starts over again. So if they the next pandemic or climate right. change or whatever public health yeah. emergency and they want to lock everything down, we'll have to start from ground zero and then go another five no. years. We don't want to do that. We want to see these cases through, get the precedent on the book so that I'll be able to go in court and say, oh, look, you already the Supreme Court's already decided that you can't do that. And the case closed. Let's stop it. Uh, before let's it stop it again. before it happens again. Yeah. Exactly. They intend to have it happen again. There's no doubt. Uh, and uh, what we, the Patriots USA.org, check it out, is uh, doing is, is worthy of all your support. I hope you would consider that, even if you can't support them with your money, to support them by, by sharing what they're doing with others. There and may be your others. prayers. And absolutely. the prayers, yeah, absolutely, all of that. And um, is this the one and only time this is happening? Well, it's the, the only time it's happening this year. <laughs> okay. No, I understand. Um, but yeah. this event as a national conference, as you set it up in 2023, is extraordinary. I would love to see that you're doing it again, but I yes. understand. Can't even think about it now. We're right <laughs> well, we have it, thought but, about it. Yeah. We've already had, Dodd and I have already had discussions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably will have to, I mean, we, we don't know for sure, but it'll probably have to take a, a, a year off hiatus and be an every other year thing. Okay. Sort of like the Olympics, you get it every two years now sure. for winter and then summer. Mm-hmm. It'll probably have to be like that just because of the tremendous expense. We actually have to admit this. Yeah. I, I don't mind admitting it. We actually lost money on the event. We didn't, this was not a moneymaker for us. Right. People looked at it and said, oh, you're selling the t- ticket prices. Initially, before we had all the special deals, were a little bit higher and people mm-hmm. were like, uh, oh, what, this is crazy. You know, you just maybe thinking we're just trying to profit off of it. But we actually took a pretty, pretty hard hit. But we weren't doing this to make money. We were doing this to educate people, to connect people, mm-hmm. network people, to share this information and to for people to, to learn about our organization. So it's a, it's about what uh, it's about the long game for us. It's not about making money on this event. But because we did take a financial hit and because of all the work that went into it, we are probably going to have to do it in every other year thing. Sure. It won't always be in Boise. We are okay. planning on doing it. We are a national organization. The first one we did in Idaho because that's our home state now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do plan to have this be held in different cities every time that we have it. Okay, beautiful. Well, you heard it here. We don't have a definitive date yet, but uh, inevitably uh, we must come together like this. And that's also the message for those that are here to recognize that if they try to frighten us to stay at home and hide and isolate and fear, you know, it's not a message from God. That's, that should be clear at this point. We are, we are to come together and celebrate and worship and dance and sing and 
enjoy the life that we have. And yes, defend life and liberty and property as our, was written in that Declaration of Independence that set the stage for an extraordinary uh, country or nation, even though we haven't lived up to those high ideals, our founder said, you know what, you're going to have to be vigilant all the time. We fell down on the job, but there are many people waking up and going, I'm back on the job. Brian Fest is one of them. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for being here all and uh, be back with more of the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. All right, there you are. Look who's back on the Robert Scott Bell Show with his awesome book, The Courage to Face COVID-19. Thank you so much. It's Dr. Yeah, Peter McCullough. I'm excited. Yeah, it's so good to see you, my friend. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about you when you're not here. So your ears must be burning. Um, I tell you what, the book's doing great. Yeah. Uh, it's now about a year out mm-hmm. since its release. Remember. Uh, it has a thousand uh, five-star ratings on Amazon. And uh, it's been featured uh, multiple book reviews. And it's probably a, about a part of a dozen Mm-hmm. books that are just critical now in COVID-19. I was the only one written by an established bestseller, John Leake. Mm-hmm. I did the medical portions of it. It's out in audio. Where, and John's a great guy. I enjoyed meeting he, you both he, that first time we were together. He, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he, he's considered, people consider him probably the world's greatest historian right now. Yeah. He just, his range in history is amazing. He studied uh, uh, history, philosophy, lived in Europe for many, many years. So mm-hmm. he's he got the, the European orientation. and um, John narrated it for the audio version. Now, mm-hmm. the um, parts where I'm testifying in the Senate or my Lincoln Memorial Address, that's actually the real audio that we mm-hmm. have in the audio version. And so very cool. that's very popular. But the reason why the books are important, and I'll highlight a few other books, mm-hmm. is that they're uncorruptible, right? So right. The, the print here is not going to change. This is not, this will not change. What we're seeing is in social media, the internet and everything. Oh, that, yeah. That, that, that completely the, manipulate reality. Yeah. Reality is manipulated. Yeah. Reality it's is just, manipulated. The print doesn't change. The citations are there. It's uncorruptible. And unless we get to book burning. Yeah. But Google search engines, uh, Yahoo uh, search engines, all of that, uh, Twitter, Getter, True Social, everything now is filtered. It's mm-hmm. There are so many complex algorithms. Uh, today, Elon Musk was out on Twitter saying, yeah, there's decades of, of manipulation algorithms in Twitter right now. This They've been it's at this for a long time. You know, the Twitter file drop was amazing. Uh, they, had, they said 80 former or current FBI agents in Twitter actively doing content moderation and manipulating. I did a, a FOIA request on wow. myself. Yeah. And one of my tweets came up mm-hmm. between two CDC officers. Why are they commenting on my tweet? Wow. And my tweet was regarding natural immunity, one of mm. your oh, yeah. uh, one of my favorite yeah, subjects. one of your best topics. <laughs> it was just yeah. about something good. I mean, yeah. people would want to know about their mm-hmm. immune system and what we have learned. Right. And yet that came up as a discussion. Oh, this one's of uh, of interest like mm-hmm. as if I was doing something wrong. And uh, so what we've learned is virtually everything's corruptible. The, the TV uh, is incredibly corrupted. Recently, Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. booted off of, of yeah, uh, off the air. Show. Now, they're still paying him. He tweeted. He, he actually texted me. So they're paying him. But in a sense, they're paying him to be silent. To silent. Yeah, not to speak. It's It's just fascinating. And then uh, I have a friend who only watches MSNBC, the mother of a friend. And she didn't even know Bobby Kennedy was running for president. Yes, I've heard this before. That, uh, um, like, in fact, John Leake's dad mm-hmm. 
who's a rank and file Democrat and what have you, and he watches CNN all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, John had mentioned, yeah, Bobby Kennedy's, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, running for uh, president on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. Democrats don't even know. Yeah, it's astonishing how complete the censorship industrial complex is and in, in, uh, completely tweaking worldviews. Because let's say you watch only MSNBC or you watch only Fox. You're on the same planet and you have a completely different view of reality. It's so true. You know, I've, I've told all of them that, listen, I'm a moderate. I'm in the middle. I guess I'd be considered an independent voter. I have no problem voting for Democrats. I have no problem voting for Republicans. I vote for qualified people the best I can. I'm going to make yeah. the best choices. And, and and people look at me like they're terrified. They're terrified <laughs> right. of somebody who is actually independent, a that that's actually thinker. a yeah. critical thinker. They're terrified. So I think this has been very bad. I think it was um, either during the Clinton or the Bush administrations where they suspended this fair balance rule in the media. Yeah. Remember, the media used to have fair balance. So if there was an issue, they had to present both sides of it. When they suspended that, what happened was stations essentially became tribal. They became either Democrat or Republican. And uh, so, for instance, I think everyone would agree that CNN is a Democratic station. And so the problem there is when the Democrats, uh, for instance, have the White House, CNN becomes basically state media. Mm-hmm. When yeah. the Republicans have the White House, then Fox becomes or state news media. Media becomes state Something media. Like that, yeah. So the problem with a Republican or a Democrat, uh, or they change it to you know a liberal or a conservative media outlet, is the fact that they become state media whenever it's in power, and there's no fair balance. The other thing that's mm-hmm. very interesting regarding right wing and left wing mm-hmm. is how the extreme right wing and the extreme left wing are almost the same. Yeah, it circles right around and they connect yes, again. Yes. So, yeah. so example is on both sides of that, vaccination. Mm. Vaccination. Both sides yeah. of extreme right, extreme left, they took the vaccines. Yeah. Um, another example is on the extreme right and the extreme left, restriction of civil liberties. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's, uh, it's absolutely stunning. We've seen in our lifetime, I brought this up in, in terms of censorship, which has become very much uh, a part of the uh, unbelievably the the focus of the left and i don't mean everybody that's on the left side of the politics but whatever's been captured in terms of what's become a modern democratic party uh, which is far different from bobby kennedy's kennedy democrat kind of idealism uh and yet when i grew up it was what was called the moral majority they were into censoring a lot of censorship coming from mm-hmm. the Christian right. And there was a concern that they would try to you know, block everybody from everything. And, and I say this and also in context that protecting children from age inappropriate material is not censorship. I want to make that distinction because there are certain things they, they're not ready to it's handle. It's called proper parenting. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and so, but others on the left now go, oh, you want to censor. No, that's not censorship. That's different. So what we're seeing is that what you talked about, the extreme right, the extreme left, coming around at the bo- and both supported censorship at some point in time or currently. And you've seen the manipulation of Wikipedia, how that's been controlled because anybody that had a viewpoint other than the uh, of what could be considered a pharmaceutical construct because of the profit taking and making of drugs for, for treatment of disease, mm. even if it wasn't evidence of a lack of that substance for the treatment, uh, they had to correct and make those scientists and doctors who dissented from whatever consensus was at the time not 
you can't listen to them or else you will be discredited or, too. Or they, they, you know, for instance, people can go on my Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. Dr. Peter McCullough, and they use the word misinformation. Mm-hmm. Now, the yeah. word misinformation has never appeared in any of my manuscripts, any of my publications. It, it doesn't exist in medical science because there's only data yeah. and, and two or more points of view. Misinformation was born... There's a word in the 1500s. It was used extensively during Nazi Germany and propaganda campaigns. Yeah. It was Washington Post word of the year in 2018 uh, because it was used in partisan politics. And then right. it became the word in the COVID-19 pandemic. But misinformation on my Wikipedia page, which I can't control. I don't even know the people who write it. No, There's, and you can try to change it. It'll change back immediately. Right. And the, yeah. the uh, one of the per- person, last time I checked, he had made 275 entries on my page. Wow. Is called the alt man. He needs some person or Heard woman. about that. Yeah. Woman, excuse me. Gesundheit mm-hmm. so, in advance. <laughs> there was some woman or man yeah. uh, in Illinois who's all over my Wikipedia page. Hey, what? <laughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. What people don't understand is that Wikipedia, you and I can't control that. I'm curious to know if anybody is satisfied with the Wikipedia page. Is anybody satisfied? Because there are details that are incorrect. All of us have a curriculum vitae, which mm-hmm. means in Latin, the course of our lives. We are entitled to keep our curriculum vitae. They actually have incorrect oh, things. Oh, they modify that too. Well, yeah. they have incorrect things about uh, academic positions I've held and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's basically just defamation or in, incorrect character. Yeah, assassination or, to some degree. Portrayal. You know? So Wikipedia yeah. ought, to, ought to just honestly go off the air. Uh, I typed in the other day, and I think there's 800,000 profiles of me on the wow. internet. Nobody has a chance to, to police your profiles. It's impossible. People are writing whatever they want to write. Well, again, this comes back to this having a book, an actual physical book that yeah. where you see what's written, it's not changing in that con- same context. Well, let me make a, mention a couple other books. Sure. So the lead book is Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalizations and Deaths While Battling the Biofire Similar Complex. This is the hard copy version, which is the publisher is actually Skyhorse Publishing. And Robert F. Kennedy did write now one of the uh, introductions for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soft cover and the audio version are self-published by, uh, we have our own publishing label in Dallas, Counterplay mm-hmm. Publications. Uh, but other books to mention, I've contributed to them. I wrote the introduction for COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the Prey by Peter and Ginger Peter Reagan. Reagan, yeah. 1,200 citations. Uh, it is the compendium, including a timeline for the, they rehearsed. The, they practiced the, this. The, the pandemic preparedness, yeah, yeah. practicing, yeah. the creation of SARS-CoV-2, which yeah. is clearly outlined in the book, and now in the last ninety days, all of the U.S. government agencies agree. Yeah, I know that they, was they've funny all, when they so came the government out. narrative yeah. went from it came from the lab, and now with the House Select uh, Committee and the Senate committees and all the investigations they did, mm-hmm. now every agency. The National Security Agency, the uh, NIH, the CDC, the Department of Energy. Yeah, House well, I remember that. Department of Energy. How yeah. are they commenting on this? But they well, all came to the same they conclusion. They all said, yes, it came out of the lab. And yeah. actually, yes, we had oversight on it. So then Congress voted 419 to 0, declassify the documents. Wait a minute. I thought it didn't come out of the lab. Suddenly, the U.S. has documents on this? Acknowledged so it, this yeah. is prima facie evidence that our government agencies were conspiring to cover up Correct. the origins of a national security threat. Yeah. It's a very, very important. So what happened in the last 90 days 
is very important. We outline a lot of these developments in our book. Mm -hmm. uh, we nailed it uh, in terms yeah. of where it came from. So did uh, Peter Bregan. Another one that focuses on former NIA director Anthony Fauci is a book called The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, another one out there is The War on Ivermectin by Pierre Corey. Pierre Corey I wrote yeah. introductions for that. In Robert F. Kennedy's book, I'm the most frequently cited a doctor in the book. And um, the other books that are extremely useful is one's by George Freed and, and um, Brian Tyson, and it's it's um, titled "How Do How Two Doctors Treated You Know Thousands of Patients in South Central California." And in there, there's a chapter that's a monograph, and the monograph is basically their data, yeah. how they do it. That's the fairest way to disclose what happened. We treated all these patients. And here are the data, and this is what happened. I mean, you can't get any better than that. I just recently testified with uh, George Freed at the uh, bicameral House and Senate mm -hmm. proceedings in the state of Arizona. And uh, great to be back with George for two days. I sat next to him up on the um, at the podium. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, other books uh, important uh, out there in this space, The Body of Others by Naomi Wolf, and really talking yeah. about Very impressed civil with her liberties research on that too. and research, you know, yeah. the, the loss of bodily autonomy. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, particularly of our children, the loss of bodily autonomy in our children, the bodies of others. Uh, here at this uh, meeting, we have uh, the Fourth Reich, which is by Steve Dace yes. and Daniel Horowitz. Uh, he also has the book out for the movie Nefarious. Yeah, and we're gonna we're watch, gonna watch that. We're yeah. gonna watch Nefarious. Yeah. I hope uh, everybody gets to see it. Everybody gets to see it. Yeah. I've already seen it. I went to the preview in Dallas, mm -hmm. and let me tell you what it is gripping. Yeah, I've heard it's extraordinary gripping. things. I can't wait to see oh, it. Man. I'll give my review on it after I watch it. Yeah, on, you know, I'm next not gonna week, spill but, the beans. No, but it's a great movie. There's a lot of tension. The Acting is terrific. The, the, the quality of the production is stunning. Just the, yeah. the, the trailer that I saw. Now, I, I want to mention, you know, when I think of um, people that tell me, you know, some people, you know, you're just locked in as an adult. You can never change your, you know, zebra can't change his stripes. I've heard this a lot about people at this time in the last few years because I've made friends, extraordinary friends in this timeline. I, I consider you among them uh, within the physician community. Uh, I've never looked at it as a, a, a war against doctors, you know, homeopaths, doc, you know, like we have different things. But in history, that's been looked at that way. And very often these economic interests have artificially conflated and divided because if we ever con consulted with one another and found out we each have great things that we can offer and help one another, and we're all better for it. That would be an end of monopoly medicine. You know, we would have real egalitarianism and finding out, hey, what clinically is working here? And then we'll dig deeper in the science if we're not sure why. Look in the pathways. And it's like, that's the exciting journey of science, understanding the natural world and helping people in need and helping, you know, each of us. So what I've seen in you is an example when somebody tries to say, well, people can't change. I'm like, could you recognize yourself five years ago? I mean, I'm you're still Peter McCullough, of course. But think of the transformation of your life prior to what's happened. You know, I know it's been less than five years, but just in that sense of what you saw, your worldview, everything about how you viewed the world. And since that time, and could you say, can I recognize myself fully? Can you see yourself as extraordinarily changed? The essence of you is still there, but it kind of, in COVID kind of revealed some of the darker aspects of people's personalities. And it found the people that had golden hearts, like I believe yourself, mm. and revealed that. 
It's true. I, you know, none of us could anticipate um, that the pandemic would drive such collaboration. Mm. And, uh, and I can tell you, as an allopathic doctor, the training is very arduous. It's long. I mean, from the time I graduated from high school to the time I'm fully baked was 17 years. Yeah. I mean, it's There's just a little it, hazing it, in there, too. You know, it, it just it just exceeds everything else, yeah. you know, by a mile. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have allied health sciences. We had others that in our traditional lines we referred and utilized. I would say over the last uh, before COVID, the one allied health um, area that I had utilized increasingly every year more was mm-hmm. chiropractors. Mm-hmm. I became very convinced that the allopathic surgical approach to low back pain was just not working. I right. mean, just case after case. And there were plenty of studies that showed that too. Oh, in yeah. The it just, it just yeah. you know, back pain became an industry. And if it wasn't surgery, it was injections and people weren't getting better. And I saw family members get back surgery and yeah. people miserable. And, and, and I just listened. You know, I, I met with some chiropractors in Dallas. There's actually an entire system of chiropractors. I started going to a chiropractor myself. I've got a mm-hmm. kyphoscoliosis. And um, and I said, listen, we've, we've got to take a different approach. Uh, in my health system, we actually did not have alternative medicine or naturopathic pr- practitioners except in one area. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to meet them five or 10 years ago. And believe it or not, the area was oncology. Mm-hmm. One of the most difficult medical aspects was right. oncology. So what had happened over time in when the COVID-19 pandemic occurred, we saw the allopathic and actually largely the osteopathic doctors mm-hmm. retract. I mean, retract. They didn't treat anybody. They followed the government guidelines. They shut down their clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the vaccines came, they took the vaccines. They fronted the vaccines on patients and said, listen, it's a vaccine-only strategy. And then we saw other practitioners say, wait a minute. So the chiropractors some of them said, wait a minute, the naturopathic, holistic, homeopathic doctors said, wait, this isn't looking right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some clinical psychologists uh, and others and just a handful of allopathic doctors. And I'd say as a professor of medicine, mm-hmm. and we're down to pretty much me and, <laughs> and uh, Paul Merrick and just a few others that said, right. listen, this doesn't make sense. So our new team started to rely on one another, certainly in review of the data, getting new understandings. And as we sit here today, it is so interesting to analyze what worked in terms of treating the illness and what's working now in post-COVID and vaccine injury syndrome with the backdrop that our government agrees and everyone agrees the virus was manufactured. Man-made. It was, it's man-made. Yeah. So this is a man-made problem. And isn't it interesting, Robert Scott, that our solutions to the man-made problem are natural. Are natural, yeah. Isn't the only that way to counteract the insanity of man is it, to go back to the natural world. That's an amazing revelation, yeah. though. Yeah. It's an amazing revelation. And it's not like we haven't tried. I've mm-hmm. tried uh, traditional pharmaceuticals and trying to assail different things. And so let's just review this for a minute. So aspirin. Aspirin turned out to be very useful in COVID because of its anti-inflammatory and its anti-blood clotting effects. And aspirin is derived from the bark, uh, the barch, uh, the um, bark of uh, birch trees. Mm-hmm. Hydroxychloroquine. Is the white der- willow bark as well. Right. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Hydroxychloroquine is mm-hmm. uh, derived from chichona tree. Mm-hmm. 
that ivermectins derive from the soil in Japan on a golf course. That's where it was uh, defined. Um, by, by the way, Cinchona was the first homeopathic remedy. Is that right? Cinchona yeah. was the start of homeopathy. Yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, and then uh, uh, vitamin D, for instance, natural. Vitamin C, natural. Uh, replacing a polyphenol su supplement, quercetin. Now we're using curcumin, mm -hmm. which is a derivative of a tumor. You know the yeah. the, the Indian chili. Um, isn't this so interesting? Yeah. Uh, a very valuable part of our armamentarium has been uh, corticosteroids, which are natural, right? I mean, you, it, you, well, you, derived they're, they're derived from natural, from and then you yeah. can synthesize anything, of course. And right, but but the idea is, you know, so it's largely now. It's not that we don't have other products. The monoclonal antibodies, which were high-tech operating warp speed, they were safe and effective and they worked. Clearly, heparinoids mm -hmm. that we use, low microwave heparin and um, unfractionated heparin, they're actually, believe it or not, derived from heparinized substances. We actually derive them from the cows of lungs and the intestines of pigs. Mm -hmm. So they're not, you know, they're not designer drugs made in a pharmaceutical factory. So we have... Our virtual entire armamentarium of treatment is derived from natural. Well, things. and most of the pharmacopoeia actually derives that way. Although, as we know, in the 20th century, from 1910 specifically forward, it was about let's say how do we monopolize all of healthcare mm -hmm. with petrochemicals that could be patented, and right. a lot of that came from coal, tar, oil, and things. And oil and coal are natural on the, right. on the earth, but you can synthesize through organic chemistry and then alter them in a way that there's a toxicological profile that changes from the natural mm -hmm. realm, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to account for that in terms of, you know, allopathic intervention. And yet, you know, the things that you described, we've been utilizing in homeopathy and natural medicine to achieve similar goals right. without synthesizing them. And this is where we come around to a full circle to say, all right, where is it appropriate to go full on to save the life of a patient in a triage scenario where mm -hmm. allopathic medicine shines? And I would well, never uh, well it, and, you know, we failed to mention you have some products right here. Mm -hmm. Nasal washes and gargles. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. This turned out to be so big. I mean, so big. How yeah. many times in allopathic medicine do we want to treat a nasal infection with a pill? Mm -hmm. With a toxic no, it's, poison. Yeah. It's a local problem. And with this virus is five to 10 days of viral replication. We were letting this happen. Nothing worked. Turns out that even saline has an right. effect. Simple, Salt simple water. saline. Squirt yeah. some some seawater up your nose. Yeah, we have you know, the, the, the that works. We have the silver hydrosol here that we utilize right. on ions of silver. So, so, I mean, so look at so this it. is high tech, but I'm telling you, even salt water works. Yeah. Dilute povidone iodine, dilute hydrogen yeah, peroxide. Yeah, a lot of options to cleanse. Um, a xylitol, uh, I think, was promoted. Xylitol, yeah. uh, it clearly works. There's uh, there's um, additives to them. One's cartagena, the other one's grapefruit seed abstract. Mm -hmm. That works. Believe it or not, there's a nasal spray that actually gives some local vitamin D yeah. as part of the combination. Uh, even dilute baby shampoo works. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, the next cold or viral infection, please, everybody, do something. These definitely work. Two Intranasal, shot, gargle. Yeah, two yeah. shots. Got to have enough liquid up there. Sniff it back, spit it out, and then gargle. I recently reviewed the gargles on my Substack mm -hmm. paper from Iokov uh, uh, recently. And the gargles are easy. So regular scope and regular Listerine mm -hmm. clearly work. They tested against SARS-CoV-2. They worked. Uh, dilute povidone iodine works. Dilute hydrogen peroxide, a little less effective in their review. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is for general exposure, twice a day, Yep. nose and mouth, very simple. Gargle. Okay, it's, twice a day. That's for exposure. Like today yeah. I'm having a good day. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I have it ready in my hotel room. Oh, yeah. Acutely sick, Robert Bell. Robert Scott, what I do yeah. is... Every four hours, 
every fours and you got to start immediately. The first hint of a sore throat. Don't yeah. let it brew. Nail it. This was the single greatest thing I've learned. We can, we can now, when we used to get colds in the household, everyone gets sick. Now we isolate it to one person. We reduce the person to person spread in the hospital. We reduce the intensity and duration of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And by that mechanism, ultimately improve outcomes and it makes everything else that we use more effective. Exactly. And of course, you're not, uh, let's say, intoxicating patients and making them worse in the process because that's the problem. Even if we can succeed sometimes in stopping it, the question is, what is the outcome? And a lot of the studies on the traditional vaccine schedule, we've heard from Paul Thomas, Brian Hooker, and found out they didn't consider the long-term ramifications of stopping the expression of certain childhood, you know, ailments, illness, diseases, rites of passage. And, and that's been a, you know, a major problem because it, but the profitable again for the monopoly of treatment for those diseases. Well, this, so, va- the whole vaccine yeah. uh, is now is what we call vaccine ideology. Do you mm-hmm. know, uh, when I was a kid, there was one oral vaccine, which is uh, polio. Mm-hmm. And then there were uh, a total of, um, uh, four, th- four shots, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, and smallpox. That was it. Yeah. That's now, what I got. Now, now a kid today, 72 shots, 16 antigens, and now you add in SARS-CoV-2. We're looking at over 100 shots. There is an aspiration in one of the vaccine uh, NGOs out there for having 500 vaccines in a human being. 500. Oh, my gosh. And this vaccine etiology, they just fast-tracked uh, respiratory syncytial virus vaccines. Yes, through. the RSV. I, I reviewed the data. You know, there was, for adults... Less than 1% of adults ever get RSV. It's super easy to treat. We give some nebulizers. They get better. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of anybody who would need an RSV vaccine. I agree. Yet it was fast-tracked yeah. like it was some emergency. I reviewed all the vaccines um, over time, mm-hmm. uh, and I can tell you, I just recently on my Substack reviewed the um, Haemophilus influenza B vaccine. Mm-hmm. Turns out in the United States, we had over over a time period, it's a pretty big time period, maybe 10 years, about 4,000 cases but only a tiny sliver was was actually the serotype B. Mm-hmm. Most of it is non-typable, so it's not covered by the right, vaccine. Right. Now, of those who those who got serotype B, seventy four percent were vaccinated. Yeah, and, and so yeah, the vaccines didn't work. Same thing. At least half of the mumps and measles outbreaks are fully and, and vaccinated. And this is the thing: there were people uh, when I first interviewed you, and my audience would go, "Well, that Peter McCullough, he still believes in that fill in the blank." in terms of vaccines. And it's like the entire physician community had been programmed into a belief system and never really investigated you know, it. And we, I said, we, yeah, we, give we were, time. Well, that's fine. We, we were programmed, but we weren't actually carefully reviewed. Mm-hmm. In medical school and residency, there was no review of the studies right. of vaccines. We were simply told they were safe and effective. And we're so you know, slammed with ICU care. Oh, yeah, that's heart not, attacks, when I talk about whatever, the hazing. You were, the, the, you were never the, the, allowed a moment to no, go, so, wait so, a second. So the vaccines are in the background. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of given. We're told they're safe and effective. Mm-hmm. Now that we unwind these, we're, we're finding out that, that, you know, a real horror, uh, papers by Hooker, Miller, mm-hmm. and um, Thomas mm-hmm. all show, turns out, going natural during childhood, no vaccines, way better than taking the shots. My kids are so, examples of so, that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, and I regret it. My kids took all the shots. I took all the shots. If I was a young parent today, Robert Scott, I wouldn't mm. take Do any it. shots. No, of course. And I wouldn't have my kids taking shots. This is what they found. Lower rates of asthma, uh, atopic dermatitis, need for tympanostomy tubes, uh, a tonsillitis. Neurological issues, ADHD. Yes. You name it. it. Yeah. ADHD, autism, way lower. Mm-hmm. 
now uh, the data are starting to come out uh, in studies. It's not any single vaccine that triggers uh, autism, but you know what it is? It's the multiplicity and the intensity of administration. Mm -hmm. So people say, well, it's this shot or that shot. No, it isn't. It's the bundle. You never it, know it, which one is the one that is the, the breaking well, the camel's well, well, here's back. The, thing too, is the, the but, kids aren't getting separate shots. No. So when they go in, it's all combination shots. It's the multiplicity of shots. And what's most convincing is the vignettes. So the parents say, listen, the kid came in. They got shots. They could have gotten anywhere from three to six different antigens. Um, and they have a febrile seizure. Mm -hmm. They have a, this kind of reactive genicity in the next 48 hours. And they're never the same afterwards. No. The visual, uh, the visual uh, tracking is not the same. The suckling isn't the same. The, the mom and, saw it, and you know, some physicians dared to acknowledge what the parents would see, and you know, they they made Wakefield uh, his last name a verb to be Wakefielded, so other yeah. physicians wouldn't do it. And yeah. you know, uh, Dr. James Lyons Wilder, you know, Jack, he's you know talked about specific things within them, like the aluminum issue, and that other scientists have brought that up. But, it's like, uh, but I know, but the trace aluminum and the thiomerosol and mercury, the thiom, you know there's vaccines that have them, don't have them. They've ultimately gotten the mercury out of it. I got to tell you in medicine, mm -hmm. if you think about the trace aluminum in vaccines, that's nothing compared to aluminum that we've used in other. Although uh, vectors uh, of uh, introduction are significant in terms of ingestion uh, versus uh, injection. That's they, they are, but honestly, we, you know, we, we, we give all different types of things. Uh, what I'm saying is it can't be a trace contaminant issue because it's seen in so many different vaccines that have them and don't have them. And, and so it's, it's seen in the multiplicity of things. And so in my view, it must be something as part of the reactogenicity. So all of these cytokines that are raised, these interleukins sure. and these other cytokines, they go into the brain mm -hmm. and they have neurotoxic effects in the brain. Do you know that some of the illnesses, let's say rubella, that, that is a form of a meningoencephalitis, the bug is actually not causing the damage. It's the cytokines that right. it raises. So when you give the no. rubella vaccine, mm -hmm. you're raising those same cytokines. Exactly. The same thing is too with uh, measles. Um, uh, you know, but people have reported after hepatitis B. Uh, what I'm saying is if you take a child who's young in the, the neurodevelopmental stage mm -hmm. and you probably give them any bundle of vaccines, mm -hmm. If a child is predisposed, and right now the only risk factors for autism we know about are older adult, older adult parents and then siblings with autism, you take that bundle and boom, in the wrong person at the wrong time, mm -hmm. you'll have a case of autism. Autism, when I was a kid, one in 10,000. It was not something I encountered as a kid. Today is one in yeah. 36. Yeah. One in 36. Yeah. And, you know, we look at all of these things. I talk about metabolic, metabolic bioindividuality. You know, we have things, all of us in common, but we have strengths and weaknesses. I talk about a constitutional type. We can identify that various forms of, uh, you know, ancient medicines, Eastern medicines, Ayurvedic medicines, even homey. We look at these uh, bodies differently and recognize that the very same exposure in one body may manifest little or nothing in terms of symptoms. And one would be devastated, killed, or even, you know, paralyzed. Uh, and that's the unique, that's why when they say, well, it's, this is not the cause of that because it doesn't cause it in every case, doesn't acknowledge the bioindividuality, biochemistry. Well, well the studies things. that say, the studies that are trying to say, oh, the, the, um, the, the A vaccine doesn't cause autism. And those papers are out right. there. There's one from Denmark that was basically, it's, it's, it's the same study, a little different sample, mm. but it's from the Danish National Registry, one paper was in New England Journal of Medicine, one person, one paper was in Annals Journal of Medicine. Mm -hmm. First author for the New England is called Madsen. 
those papers are just horribly flawed. Oh, so what yeah. they do is there's a bundle of vaccines. So if, if you analyze, if you take MMR out of the bundle and say, well, uh, in administrative data, if we didn't see the MMR there, uh, if it's there or not there, there's no station with autism. Somebody came right after them and published a paper and said, listen, if you think the MMR is not there, we reviewed the charts and they gave the it's MMR. There, it, yeah. it just never got uploaded to the data mm -hmm. system. So they have mixed groups on either side and they can't find the signal. So that's the Madsen, the Keep Danish. Keep redoing the data so, until so, you get the so, results you want. And well, no, it's just it's just that it's just it, it, if one has an interest mm -hmm. in not finding an asso Correct. association yes, exactly. when it's there, it's called a type 2 error. Mm -hmm. If one wants to not find an association, just do a sloppy study based on ICD coding. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't see it there. Sorry, it's, it's not yeah, associated. Exactly. You, you know, th that's yeah. far less compelling than the Hooker, Miller, and um, and Thompson pa Thompson papers, Thomas mm -hmm. papers that show, listen, going natural versus a bundle, that's a clear right. difference. And there are vignette papers published where, again, the, there's a febrile seizure, what have you, the child's neurodevelopmental course has changed. You can't make that go away. There's no administrative that it goes no. away. So uh, when the Institute of Medicine came out in 2004 mm -hmm. on immunization, and said, we can't confirm that the vaccines cause autism and we can't rule it out, right. but autism is important. That was an important statement. And that all of these organizations that have just said categorically, the vaccines don't cause autism. To me, that sounds like scared doctors yeah. who don't want to look at the data. I agree. Listen, the, these discussions are so important to have. The engagement, you know, we talk about even argument it's part of the scientific process and it's like not because we're trying to dominate one another but because this is how we become better we we understand more about the world around us and within us by engaging in this and, and you know taking data and st studies and pulling them apart trying to all of this is good and healthy and uh, for some reason censorship has now become the, the norm in what we call science that's not science anymore and, and we're entitled to evolve our thinking over time. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you yourself had vaccines as a kid, but your kids didn't. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm evolving too. I took all the vaccines. My kids took all the vaccines. But I can tell you, my kids' kids' vaccines are, or kids' kids are right. un unlikely to take them because there's going to be an evolution or yeah. there's going to be selection. People say, well, Dr. McCullough, what would you do now? personally yeah. if it was me right now let's say i was a little bit a, bit, a little bitty baby i wouldn't take any vaccines and then it would all be risk stratified if i'm going to healthcare i'll probably take the hepatitis b vaccine if i'm going to go to india or or the jungle and i'm worried about a yellow fever i may take that one but it's going to be risk stratified sure. it's not going to be some awful thing now if i'm going to work out on a ranch and i'm Remote from, uh, you know, antibiotics and, and healthcare, maybe I'd take a tetanus shot. But if I'm going to work as a computer programmer and not have any threats of puncture wounds, I won't take a tetanus shot. And, I, you know, knowing the cause of those things and knowing the remedies for those things, I wouldn't do any of those shots. But, again, this is because I've trained in an area that showed me I can counter those things without having to do that. So well, a lot of it has method. to do with treatment, you know, of the course. availability of yeah. treatment. So yeah. people have said for tetanus, they've used the example of um, – the tsunami in Banda Aceh, where there were deaths due to tetanus and people with all these puncture wounds yeah. and 
access to antibiotics, but you know, deep puncture wounds now, debridement, mm -hmm. good suturing, drain, oh, yeah. drainage, and we antibiotics. Silver, uh, uh, we can we, use ozone. We can do hydrogen peroxide. There are many yeah, mechanisms that we have. Many different yeah. ways. Yeah, you know, we, we use um, iodine frequently. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that kills it. Let's say diphtheria and tetanus. That's that we. I mean, kids get zithromycin. I mean, so, so this is, it's not compelling. A lot of these are not compelling. Let's take um, rubella. Uh, first off, boys and men do not get serious rubella. There shouldn't be a single male who takes a rubella shot ever. Now, women, as they approach childbearing age, we mm -hmm. used to have about twenty thousand cases of congenital rubella. We're down to about uh, two cases a year mm -hmm. with rubella vaccination. Yeah. But what's happened with all these epidemic curves, let's say polio, measles, rubella, hemophilus influenza B, you know what's happened during from 1900 to now? Improved water, sanitation, hygiene, living nutrition, condition, all of this, the, terrain. And so, yeah. so you really wonder, uh, you know, it has too much of medical progress been ascribed to the vaccine. To the vaccine, exactly. And I think clearly it has, but uh, everybody comes to that conclusion on their own in their own time, although it's rapidly accelerating because of the overreach and the push of the COVID era. It woke a lot of people up to, oh my gosh, I've been lied to about what we just saw. Could it be if I go back? And that's the thing in my journey to what I do was in my young life being raised pharmaceutically and medically and being treated always for every ailment and illness disease, it woke me up to realize the limitations of that thought and that mm -hmm. system manifest that if I was going to survive into my 40s, much less be healthy at 57 and kickboxing my 20-something, 30-something-year-old mm -hmm. colleagues there, that I would have to chart a different course. And that's, again, what motivated me and what motivates me still to engage in the way we do this on my show with people like Dr. Peter McCullough, who I enjoy thoroughly to be able to engage and have the... And remember, remember... You're not bulletproof. I'm not bulletproof. Mm -hmm. We love natural solutions, but believe me, you're having an acute heart attack. Exactly. You got a, a, got a blood clot clogged off in your artery. You're probably going to want an angioplasty yeah. and a stent. You probably are. If you have a dental cavity, it becomes a, <coughs> a root abscess. You're probably going to want a debridement and an extraction. So this idea of, you know, some people say, listen, Dr. It's McCullough, not all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Some people say, Dr. McCullough, <laughs> yeah. I want to go now. Yeah. I want to go natural all the way. And they already have a zipper down their chest. Mm -hmm. They already have a pot belly. They already have diabetes. Yeah. I, I said, listen, the chances for you in natural were about 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, you might have exceeded the reach. You're, you're too, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a certain reach. Don't forget, you're young and thin and athletic. As we get older, uh, there was a paper published from the, um, I believe it was called the Conform Study. Mm -hmm. It was a, actually it was a CT study, but they had captured people longitudinally. It was a very interesting study. Mm -hmm. Of those who reach 80, age 80, 10% do it with no prescription medications. None. Yeah. 10%. Now, if you listen, if you're in that 10%, if you're, you know, if you're buff and you're just perfect and you've done everything perfect your whole life and you got great genes, fine. Yeah. But I can tell you, 90% of people end up with something, you know, mm -hmm. diabetes, already developing blockages, they have cancers, uh, you know, and and um, I don't want anybody out there to think that everything can mm -hmm. be handled without standard allopathic sure. medicine. And I, I've never argued that, just so you know. I'm not antagonistic to interventions of an allopathic variety, and also I defend the freedom to access that. 
the problem, of course, comes from the other side when they say there's no option there in the other realm and we block it out. That's been the historical well, antagonism that, situation. How do we say there's no option? It's just that we don't know about it. Well, yeah, those that have uh, controlled the narrative don't want yeah. us to know about it, as but we I, found out, I, the suppression, I, I right? honestly didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point of why we have these in, intelligent discussions, debates, and all of that. And the things I've learned, I didn't know either until I learned them and applied them. And it's like anything. And so, folks, give yourself a break. If you don't know something, give me a break. I don't know something. Give Peter a break when he doesn't. We all are here to learn and go through it. And there's been an extraordinary learning curve. And I credit Dr. Peter McCullough for being open and honest and integrity and forthright, right there out there going, you know, I don't know something and I know something. And let's go forward like that. And we can all be pals in the meantime. Have a Sounds great time good. doing it. Thank you. 